שנה טובה, ערב ראש השנה. ברוך השם. ערב ראש השנה לאילן, לאילנות. Did you just do? Because this guru could see auras. Wow. And he said, 
Was it, I just picked an apple, I, I ate it. He goes, no, no. When you pick an apple from a tree, you kill the aura because you just killed it. Whatever you said before you ate it brought the aura back. Returned it to the source. So that guy left India, came back to Israel. And the guru left as well. He's now the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir. You know that, right? So when you're saying a bracha, when you're saying a bracha, you're not just saying some words that you feel you have to say, otherwise the Hashem will get upset. Imamish, connecting that thing back to its energy, the original source power. And by the way, that's the purpose of everything you're doing in life. Everything you ever do, why are you learning Torah, why are you doing mitzvahs, why are you getting married, why are you having children, why are you getting dressed, why are you... Everything you ever do, the purpose of your life on this earth is to return to the source. Go back, it's all to reconnect to Hashem, that's what you're here for. So everything you do during the day, everything you think, everything you say, everything you do, the purpose of it is to connect you to Hashem, and if it's not connecting to Hashem, you're wasting that thing. That's why the Mesidah Shashem says everything's a test. And the test is, is this connecting to Hashem or not? Well, this connects from your animal part, I don't know. Like this connectable neck. Yes, but just we, we, we disconnecting is not enough. We're made of uh, animal and spiritual. Like we're made of spiritual. Body, we are made of spiritual. Spiritual is then put into physical. Yeah. The physical isn't us like there. So the body is not part of us. The body is our spacesuit. Your body is a spacesuit. A very developed, amazing, wondrous spacesuit. When you make the bracha after you go to the bathroom, he cures all flesh and does wonders, wondrous things. What is the wondrous thing? That you could connect spiritual into physical. That's impossible. How do you do that? That's amazing. Because <coughs> they're so opposite. Your soul and your body are so opposite. Your body is just, just animal, comes from the earth, returning to the earth. The soul is just full of light and vitality. And it exists beyond time and space and within this. So how do you get that? Do you think that is a mamish? That's our mission. Our mission is to, the whole mission is to be a spiritual being in a physical reality. Not that you're a physical being trying to have a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being in a physical reality trying to be spiritual within the physical reality. Now, we've been saying this a lot. You have to live from a deeper place within yourself. If you're living through your body and your ego, then you're just a little animal. A little, you got all your little needs and your ego and your... You're just a, basically a little rat. <laughs> you're a little rat wearing an Armani suit. You're just a rat, basically. So the problem is, if you win the rat race, everyone's all the American dreams. You win the rat race, you're still just a rat. The problem with the rat race. You don't want to do that. So the Torah starts with the bet. And so does the word bracha starts with a bet to show you that there's something before the beginning. Before the beginning is the aleph. The aleph is the one. Alufo shal olam. The Hashem. Hashem. So the bet itself is saying, hold on, there's something before. Creation itself, that's why the bet is like that. The bet, that's the shape of the bet, which is basically the Big Bang, the expanding universe. Bet. Reality, but how did they realize that there was a beginning? Because they saw the universe expanding. Once you see the universe expanding, Hubble Telescope, 1926 or whenever it was, they just worked it back. If it's expanding, that means there must have been a beginning. 
return to the source. That's what we're trying to do, return to the source, return to the source. And you've got to understand that the source, the beginning is healthy, pure and perfect. is bara In the beginning of bara means creating, related to the word bari, healthy. Hashem created healthy, we're healthy, everything's healthy until we do something to measure. Your natural state of being is healthy unless something's gone wrong. When something goes wrong, then you need to treat it and there's pain and there's... But as long as nothing's wrong, there's no pain. Even with your body, by the way, if your body's completely healthy, you don't notice your body. It's only when you've got a sore toe or something, then suddenly your consciousness is in your body. If you're noticing your body, it means there's something wrong, either physically wrong or egoly wrong. You just think about your body the whole time. I just want to be ripped. So you shouldn't be think. You shouldn't need to think about your body apart from to keep it very healthy. You want your body to be immensely healthy. Why? Just so that you have vitality. Because the better your spacesuit is, the more you can achieve. So you just got to keep your spacesuit strong and healthy. You don't need to be like five hours in the gym for that. You need to be forty-five minutes in the gym. Own body stuff. You know. So that's Russian of the Elam. That's what we're doing. We want to get it to help us come to a deeper and deeper, deeper place. So it's the, <clears throat> it's the Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the tree. And it, the Gomorrah uses the word Ilan. Ilan. Tree is also eight, but Ilan. Ilan is Gematria 91. Gematria 91 is many things. If you have a whole class about Gematria 91, it's also the Gematria of Amen. Kel Melech Very important Gematria. It's also the Gematria of two of Hashem's main names. Hashem created the world with two of his main names. There are three, but for now, these two, Yud and He and Vav and He, and Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud, Adnos, Shem Adnos. So Yud and He and Vav and He is Hashem beyond time and space. Adnos is Hashem within time and space, the master of the world. So Hashem plus Adnos is 91 as well. And it's Sukkah. That's why the Sukkah, we're not going to talk about it. But 91 is a very big thing. That's what a tree is. So... Human beings are compared to a tree. The Torah, funny, we're not going to get into it now, but the Torah says, is a man like a tree? Meaning a man's not like a tree. And the sages in their immense Kabbalistic wisdom says, that means that a man is like a tree. <laughs> so how is a man like a tree? Because we have two main purposes. Returning to the source, returning to the source, but the two main purposes whilst we're in this spirit, physical reality are... Growth and contribution. Growth and contribution. You know this, I say this every morning. Every morning, the purpose of your life is to grow and to contribute. To improve yourself and improve the world, that's it. Now, a tree doesn't stop growing until it dies. Did you know that? Trees don't stop growing. They grow, 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 grow. If they're alive, they're growing. In fact, I would almost say that that defines being alive. If you're not growing, you're not alive. Oh, it's a bit intense. But I'm going to say that. You know what Rabbi Noach used to say? A baby, it starts crawling, and everyone's like, Whoa! Whoa! Everyone! Take a photo! Here, you send a little video to your parents. Hey, my baby's crawling! Six months later, if it's not walking, crawling becomes a tragedy. It's a tragedy, he's just crawling now. But he gets up, he takes one step, everyone's like, Ah! He took a step! Photos! Everyone, hey! He's going, Whoa! Amazing! If six months later he's only walking and he's not jumping, if he can't jump, then he's like, oh my goodness, this is terrible, this is a tragedy, we better go and wipe it out. And then he's jumping, then he's skipping, and then he's doing the growth. 
at some point, but it seems like people get to 18 or even before that, they just stop going. It's a tragedy. If you're still talking about the same things when you're 45 as you were talking about when you were 20, that's called a tragedy. It's called like you're it's a, a terrible thing. You got to keep growing, keep growing. Every that's why we 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 respect old age. We like wine. We're very into wine because it it matures with age. We the older someone is, I can't wait to be 90 years old. My wife is crazy. But I'm like, when I'm 90 years old, I would have learned 45 years more Torah. I would have meditated for 45 years more, prayed for 45 more years more, with the help for 45 years, done misses. Do you know who I'm going to be? But as of the same, when I'm 90 years old, long, white beard, I'm just going to be hopefully not this. I just can't wait to be 90. Most people are like, I'm so worried, I'll be 90, my body will be like, we don't care about our body apart from to keep you strong and healthy. But if your whole sense of self comes from what your body looks like, you're scared to get older because, oh, I don't care what my body looks like, I care what my neshama looks like. And 45 years, what can I do for my neshama? It's a tragedy. If you get to 90 years old and you're not a tzaddik, it's a tragedy. You just wasted, what have you done? What did you invest in? So you got to understand, this is my goal. This is what I need to do to get to the goal and just do it. Just go, just do, 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 grow, 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 I'm going to keep growing. How did you grow today? How did you grow today? Oh, I had an amazing rebbe. Barry Klein. Everyone find Barry Klein and go and sit at his feet for six months. So he said, we're all like Bart Shuvas. He, he runs his Chaborah. It's a yeshiva, but for people who don't fit into the normal yeshiva system, like me. So at one point he said to us, you know what? You guys don't care about growth so much. We don't care about changing and growing. And we're all like Bob Shuva. And this guy put his hand up and said, Rebbe, like a year ago, I was smoking weed every day, dating a non-Jewish girl, and now I'm, I'm, I'm studying, I'm learning Gomorrah, I'm dumbing three times a day. So he said to him, okay, what do you want, Shkoya? Okay, Shkoya, now what? Good. Oh, we like that, though. We were in, some people are like, oh, you're not respecting it. But we were, he knew that we could take that. We were like, we're in the army now. He said, you don't care about growing, and people are like, yeah, we do. And he goes, okay, so how did you grow today? Like, uh, you're like, how did I grow? Am I greater today when I was yesterday? So we're trees because you just keep growing. If you're not growing, you're dead, basically. You might be functioning and running your business and stuff, but that's not called life. Life, growth is life. Life in, in Judaism is how much you're connected to the source. If you're not connected to the source, you're not called alive. You're disconnected from the source. You might be existing and moving and talking, but you're not, it's not life if, it's, if you're not called, connected to the life force of the earth. And second is contribution. Give your fruit into the world. Go and, go and contribute. How are you giving? How are you giving pleasure to other people? What are you doing? So we're trees. We, we've got to be that tree. However, our sages teach us that we're really upside down trees. Isn't that cool? We're upside down trees. Why is that? Because there are four parts of a tree. Roots, trunk, branches, fruit. Root, trunks, branch, fruit. So your roots, for a normal tree, the roots are in the ground, are in the earth, and the fruits are in the sky. For a Jew, it's the other way around. Our roots have to be in Shemayim. We have to be... What are the roots? The roots suck all the vitality. Where are you getting your vitality from? That's the question. Where do you get your life force from? Now, by the way, where does vitality come from? Well, hopefully, but not really. So, really? From, it really comes from video games. Video games and, and alcohol. 
and amazing movies. Do you know when you when your team wins, when your team wins the Super Bowl Sunday night? Do you know how amazing you feel when your team is the is the is the World Cup final and it's the penalty shootout and it's like <laughs> you know you have so much vitality. You have so like, come on. You're like, <sighs> you're just walking around. You can stay up all night. Or when you meet a girl you like, you can stay. It doesn't matter how tired you are. Ugh, I read an amazing thing. It's a whole different class, but you, you know, you got that. You, you have a girl, 18 years old, and you love her. You've been going out for a year. You just love her, and everything's. And then one day she splits up with you, and you're broken. And you're broken, and you're lying in your room, and you just can't move for three months. You have no. You can't. You spend all day in bed. Sometimes some pizza. The the curtains are closed. Your friends are calling you saying, "Come on, let's just go out." And you're just like, you have no energy. You have no energy, nothing. Three months, you've never gone out. Maybe don't even play a video game. And then one day, you get a phone call. And who is it? It's her. And you're like, "Hello?" And she goes, and she's crying. And she goes, "I made the biggest mistake in my life. I I miss you so much. Do you mind? Do you, could I come round in half an hour?" Where's your energy now? Where you jump out of bed? You're moving tidy up your house. You open the curtains. You know, you want a sudden you're full of energy. You go out. You stay up all night. You can do that all night. Something got immense, immense amounts of energy. In one second, bam! Where did that come from? You have divine energy power flow, but I don't want to give a whole class about this. But energy vitality comes from pleasure. So if you get, if you're having pleasure in your life. Playing tennis, whatever you're going to have vitality. Now it could be negative pleasure or positive pleasure. The pleasure of doing the wrong thing is also gives you a lot of energy. It's like, wow, we're going to rob. I'm going to rob a bank. Do you know how much vitality you have when you're going to rob a bank? I'll talk about that one later. Now, my vitality. You just got to make sure that you're getting your power, your pleasure from the right place. That's your roots have to be in the the heavens. Now, your trunk. What's your trunk? Your beliefs and your values. Your your principles, your core values, which is Torah. Torah. What what's really keeping the tree alive is water, and water is Torah. And the water you can't see. The water you can't see, but it's keeping everything alive. Your neshama you can't see. It's keeping everything alive. Torah is keeping everything alive. So your beliefs and your values. What do I value? I value growth. I value contribution. I value returning to the source. Then your branches. What are your branches? Your actions. What are you doing in the world? What are you doing? How are you contributing? What are What impact? What effect? And then your fruit. Do you know what your fruit is? Your fruit. What's the whole purpose? The whole purpose of the tree really is for the fruit. The mango tree is to give mangoes. So what's the purpose of the fruit? What is the, your purpose in life? Is to connect back to the roots, go back to the source. The whole system is feeding back into itself. That's the fruit of everything. The fruit of my beliefs and my values and my growth and my contribution and my actions. All of it. And what am I trying to produce? To go back to the source. That's it. That's, that's all we're living for. That's, that's all we're living for. Bezoshim. So, what's Tuvishvat really all about? It's about going back to the source, being a, becoming a tree. But it's about fixing the original tree. It all started with a tree. The whole mess we're in started with the tree. Actually, what's the first thing Hashem says to mankind? Huh? What does it make now? No, what is it? Oh, interesting. Don't so, eat from so Most people say, don't eat from this tree, but it's not. The first thing he said, eat from over the tree. I want you to eat from all the trees. 
eat from the trees. I want you to eat from all these trees. Eat, please, from the trees. There you go. Eat, eat the trees. So the first, and then he said, but not that one. But the first command, Hashem wants us to eat fruit. Hashem wants us to eat fruit, not pizza. Fruit. Isn't that great? Why does Hashem want us to eat fruit? Why does Hashem want us to eat fruit? And the whole mess was we ate fruit, but in the wrong way. It always goes like that, by the way. You always have this balance of good and evil together. God wants us to eat fruit, but the whole mistake is eating fruit, but in the wrong way. Some people say that eating the fruit wasn't the mistake, it was how they ate it. Hashem said, don't eat that. So what was the whole mistake of the Garden of Eden? We're not going to go into this again, but basically, it was selfish consumerism. Selfish, I just want to eat that fruit because it looks nice to me, and ego, I want to be great. The snake says to Chava, if you, God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because if you eat the fruit, then you'll be like God. He said that last time. She should have said, I'm already like God. What are you talking about? I'm in the Shema. But she now has ego. Ego is, yeah, I want to be like God. And disconnection. Basically, the whole problem of the Garden of Eden was disconnection. The snake disconnected us from God. That's it. Created ego and physical craving. Ga'ava and ta'ava. Ga'ava and ta'ava. Created ga'ava and ta'ava. And that's why Peke Avot says ga'ava and ta'ava is taking you out of the world. It's disconnecting you from the source. You're meant to be connected to Hashem, what, and you are naturally connected. Your neshama is always connected to Hashem. You can't not be connected to Hashem, but there are two things, major forces that get in the way of that connection, ego and physical, selfish, physical consumerism and craving. So the whole purpose of this existence, by the way, is to get rid of your ego and get rid of your selfish, physical, consumerist craving. That's it. Once you do that, then you're immediately connected to Hashem. Obviously, we have to do mitzvahs and learn Torah, and daven and not just get rid of those things but that's the key that's what we have to do so we have to fix that that's our fixing we've got to fix the mistake of the tree but why does hashem want us to eat from the trees what is the purpose of eating fruit what's the purpose of everything connect to hashem that's it god made us need to eat that means there's a voda to eating. That means God made us need to sleep. That means there's an avoda to sleeping. If God, God could have made us not needing to eat, or God could have made us eating as you just unscrew your little finger and put a little pellet in there and you screw it back on and that's all you need. Why did God give us taste buds and so many different types of food? It's crazy. Adam, uh, Abraham, when he looked at the world and he saw the immense intelligent divine design of the world, he was like, there's obviously an intelligent creator of the world. But not only that, he saw there's so many different types of fruit, it must mean that the intelligent creator of the world wants us to have pleasure in the world. Why, does, why do we need so many types of fruit? Evolutionary biologists, why do we need so many different types of fruit? In each climate, you can have three different types of fruit. That should be enough. Why so many different types of fruit? Amazing fruits, mango and peach and pineapple and pear and papaya and plums and so much fruit. And taste buds. So Abraham was like, this creator of the universe wants me to enjoy fruit. Why? What's the purpose of pleasure? Come on, I've said this a thousand times. What's the purpose of pleasure? Pleasure for pleasure's sake is disconnecting you. 
disconnecting you. The purpose of pleasure is chibor, chibor, which means connection. The purpose of pleasure is connection. I feel connected to you because you give me pleasure. That's why I like my friends, because they're people who give me pleasure. I like being, if someone's not giving me any pleasure and they're annoying me, they're not my friend. Pleasure is the glue that sticks two things together. So if you're creating pleasure, but it's not creating connection, then it's actually creating disconnection. You're just eating that for why? So Hashem says, I want you to eat fruit because through eating fruit, you can connect to me. I want you to connect to me in this physical world. This is the highest level. Connecting to Hashem when you're an angel and you're spiritual before you're in this world, that's not hard. Connect to Hashem in the physical world is much harder. So Hashem says, how you eat is very, very important. And Shvat, bless you, Shvat, this whole month is the tikkun of eating. How do you eat? How are you meant to eat? You have to eat in order to connect to Hashem. You have to eat consciously, which means you have to think, what's my motivation for eating? The purpose of eating, by the way, is there are only two purposes for eating. The two purposes for eating are health and connection. You eat in order to keep your body strong and healthy. And you eat in order to connect to Hashem. No other reason for eating. There shouldn't be. By the way, there are many different reasons for eating. Because I'm hungry, because I'm bored. People eat because they're bored. Because I'm emotionally, I'm emotionally just taiva. I just want to taste that chocolate. I just want... Those aren't good reasons to eat, by the way. So my Rebbe actually says that you've got to use with humans, so you're going to have those reasons. So why, when you get hungry, if you're just eating to get rid of your hunger, then you miss the point of eating. So firstly, you've got to choose what you're going to eat. What are you going to, what's actually healthy for you? You shouldn't be eating things that are not healthy for you, to be fair. Well, it tastes nice, but I don't care, that's not... <laughs> so you've got to choose things that are healthy for you. But you can, my Rebbe says, Bilbavi, he says, when you get hungry, say, well, who made me get hungry? Hashem. When you feel hungry, don't immediately go and eat. You should eat, by the way, because you've got to stay strong and healthy. But use the hunger. Use the hunger to connect to Hashem. Say to yourself, why, why did... No, firstly, who made me hungry? Who made me get hungry? Hashem could have made you not get hungry. So you say, wow, Hashem, you made me hungry. Bam. Already you're using your hunger to connect to Hashem. Next, say, well, why did you make me get hungry, Hashem? You didn't need to make me get hungry, so why did you make me get hungry? So that I can connect to you through eating. As soon as you do that, every time you go down to lunch, you can be like, okay, now you're actually doing the purpose. Like when my son Benjamin was six years old and he was like, Abba, I'm hungry. And I said to him, that's okay. You don't have to eat just because you're hungry. By the way, you should. I'm not saying don't. But just take a moment before you eat to stop. Oh, another reason. Why? Why am I hungry? Who made me hungry? Hashem. Why? Because Hashem wants me to say a bracha. So really, you should be so excited about lunch because you get to say a bracha. Amazing. What an opportunity. Amazing. Your neshama wants to say brachas. Your neshama doesn't care about the food. Your neshama wants to say the bracha. How about time? Because I want to taste something nice. Once again, we're human, so you do. You want to taste that nice thing. But then you can say to yourself, who made me have taste buds? Who made me want to taste nice things? You made me taste Why do you want me to taste nice things? So I can thank you for my taste buds. And then you can do it. My Rebbe actually says that the word for taste is ta'am. Ta'am is the same letters as the word me'at, which means a little bit. <laughs> so just taste a little bit. Have one piece of chocolate. That's okay. But once you start stuffing your face, 
once you start eating more than you need, ah, this is this should be the key for you. Mindful eating, eat what you need. You can enjoy it. It can be nice. But once you start eating more than you need, I forgot who did it. Some big Musa guy. I think it's brilliant. You decide how much you're going to eat before you start eating. You say, this is how much I need. And I'm going to eat that. I'm not going to have second, third, third. I'm going to eat what I need to eat. So you've got to ask yourself, why am I eating? And if it's out of boredom, oh, he also said boredom. You're eating because you're bored, because you just want to fidget. You want to do something, find something else to do. <laughs> and then go and do push-ups. <laughs> so first thing, why am I, ask yourself, why am I eating now? Because I'm hungry. How about this? I'm eating now because it's lunchtime. How many of you are hungry at one o'clock when they serve lunch? Now, if you are, that's... But I think lots of people were so institutionalized that, well, this is when the food is, so I have to eat it. You don't have to eat it. If you have to, then put a little bit aside for yourself. You can eat it later when you're hungry. But you don't really need to eat three times a day. I don't think you do, especially if you're going to be tired after lunch. If you're tired after lunch, lunch is meant to be fuel. Food is fuel. So if you're feeling tired after you eat the fuel, you just ate the wrong fuel. Or you ate too much. Too much of the right fuel or the wrong fuel, that's going to make you tired. After lunch, you should feel, I got so much energy now. I'm ready. Uh, I, I don't think lunch is a terribly good idea. I really don't. I don't. Now, obviously, if you need some energy for afternoon seder, then you should have lunch. But stuffing your face at lunchtime isn't going to give you energy for afternoon seder. It's going to make you feel sluggish and tired for afternoon seder. So you've got to think about what am I eating? How much am I going to eat? Also, you need to eat but with menuchat nefesh. Eat from a deeper place within yourself. Don't eat like an animal. Sit down and eat. Take a bite. Smell the food. Be calm. Eat calmly. Esau says, Halitenina. Eat. I just want to stuff my face. Halitenina. Halitenina. Feed me. Stuff me full of the red stuff. So Halitenina is related to the word Le'at. Le'at means slowly. How do you fix Halitenina? Stuff me is eat slowly. Just take a bite. Your key tonight, because you're going to have a Seder tonight. The Seder is not just go and eat fruit and sing nice songs. The Seder is you could have a Tubishvat Seder that's doing the original sin, which is I'm just stuffing my face with the food because it tastes nice. Use the Seder to say bracha. You want to say you're going to eat the Shiva Feminim, the seven holy species of, of Israel. That's what you're going to eat tonight. Overly, dates and and pomegranate and olives and figs and grapes and wheat and barley. And we've got the seven things that you, you have seven holes in your face, two eyes, two nostrils, two ears and a mouth. Those are your seven entrance ways into your consciousness. Seven can, candles in the menorah in the Beit HaMikdash. You, you got to understand that these seven fruits are very high things, but if you're just eating them because they taste nice, you're going to miss the point of them. You've got to be using the seven spherot, each of the fruits. I'm sure Rabbi Moshe Chaim is going to tip, speak, speak you through it. Each of the fruits is connected in another sphere and the... Uh, the pomegranate has the kete, it's got a crown. I'd love to give a whole class now on what the dates are and what you're using. But I'm sure they'll do it tonight. So at least for what you're going to try and do tonight is eat consciously. Eat mindfully with the purpose to connect to Asha. But it means you've got to eat from a deeper place within yourself. Small amounts. The other thing Mary says is you really don't want to be speaking about food. Food's not your topic of conversation. Why are you speaking about food? And Moshe Feinstein's not walking around speaking like, what's for supper? You know, it's a thing about food. Food's not something you speak about. You speak about life and Torah and sweetness and goodness and mitzvahs. And food is something you eat to stay strong and healthy and talk, uh, connect to us soon. 